the last thing you want to do is spend all this time on getting customers to your website to lead them to a place that's not visually appealing, that they don't want to be at. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, welcoming back to the show, though most listeners <laughs> don't know this, uh, uh, a very amazing guest, Jasmine Alvarez. Jasmine joined me a while back, uh, right when we moved to this new platform, and I ruined it. So she she graciously said that she would come back and, uh, and, and donate some more time to us and, and help share her story again. Uh, Jasmine is one of the founders, uh, founder and CEO of Pretty Well Beauty. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Chase. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So today's actually a very, uh, very special day. Uh, it was um, we're recording this a bit in advance, so this probably won't come out for six to eight weeks. But today was uh, Shopify Unites announcement. So they just announced a whole bunch of crazy new stuff for the Shopify platform, and my team is just blowing up in Slack talking about all the new stuff that's coming to the platform. So it's a pretty nerdy day for us. What are some of the features? I need. I haven't. I've been so like bogged down with what I'm doing. I haven't I haven't got caught in any air. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So one of the one of the big things that everyone's been asking for lately and one of the limiting factors that people were putting upon the Shopify platform was the limitations of customizations of the themes. And it kind of came down to just how they architected them originally. Uh so the big the the one of the big things that came out today was this this concept of online store 2.0. This is the second version of it, which allows access to all sorts of crazy customizations. The main ones being is you can now apply templates to any type of page, which is pretty pretty dang cool. They also uh, there's this concept of meta fields, which is just like adding extra information to uh, a product. So like here's a great example: is say you are selling a skincare kit. And you want to send them a digital product with it, you could just like embed that as a meta field and like run some automations, and that thing just happens. Um, and then something they ghosted over really quickly during the presentation today that I'm like excited to like drill into was basically uh, you can just create content types that live within your CMS. So if you can dream it, you can build it. Is kind of what I what I heard, but I really want to investigate what that means because uh, I personally thought like the blogging aspect of uh, Shopify CMS was lacking. I mean, they basically, they gave us everything we were asking for and more today as far as like the community. So I was, I'm really excited to get into it. Some of the stuff came out literally 35 minutes ago. Uh, you can start to look at some of the stuff uh, and some things are coming July 1st and then other things are trickling kind of down the, the, the grapevine. So very, very fun, nerdy day for me. And thanks for letting me just take up all of your time again. <laughs> No, this is great. This is actually really useful information because, Chase, I'm migrating over to Shopify. 
Oh, see, I knew you were going to do that. It was, it was when we previously talked, I kind of, I, I planted that seed. So oh, that's, the, okay, that's the now. Let's talk about the then. Let's go back to the beginning. Let people know where this idea come from, what, you know, what Pretty Well Beauty's, uh, you know, uniqueness is. What is it? Just, you know, how, the, where did it come from and what, what you were doing to get started? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to answer this as, as quickly as possible. Forgive me if I become a little bit too long-winded, but... So my background um, is in fashion and beauty. Um, I worked for over 10 years as an executive photo producer for a lot of brands, including um, Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren. Um, I did the, the, the digital launch for Fenty Beauty back in 2017. Um, but to go back even further, um, I've been around beauty my whole life. My mom was a hairdresser, so I, I basically grew up in a hair salon. Like, so beauty's in my DNA, and she always, she always preached to me that less is more, you know, natural is best. And of course, I didn't listen to her <laughs> until much later. Um, so, pretty well, beauty really is like the answer that I was looking for when I was on my quest to find clean, sustainable brands that are actually um, delivering on the promises that they make while touching a lot of different touch points um, that matter to me, like diversity and inclusion. Um, there was not a lot of that at the time. There still isn't enough today. Um, so one of the biggest hurdles that I hear and something that I was able to relate to um, as well was that it's just overwhelming. There's so much noise in the space. People don't know where to start. They don't know what products, what they do, what they're for, what the ingredients mean. And so I really wanted to just kind of streamline that process because I figured if me being this bona fide beauty junkie is overwhelmed and like feeling like they don't know where to start, I can only imagine what the average consumer must be feeling trying to navigate this landscape. So I decided to start by looking at the brands that were exceeding the industry's standards for clean and sustainability, looking at what some of the other retailers' standards were and just going, you know, a few notches above the, above that, while also focusing on brands that have a really great story and a great mission. Their products don't exist just for the sake of existing. You know, there's, there's a story behind there. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a there's a touch point that people can relate to. There's a mission. There's there's a purpose, and it's giving back and and a bigger scope. And so those are the kind of brands that I really personally like to use, and um, brands that I feel whose voices need the most um, the most elevation. So Pretty Well Beauty is sort of a mixture of brands that people have known that have been around for a while, but it's also a place to be able to discover brands that you've never heard of before. So you have kind of like the best of both worlds, but also just like knowing that they've gone through such extensive vetting um, that, you know, anything that ends up on the website is there for a reason. Um, if it's not on the website, it's because it just wasn't, a, it wasn't a fit for a variety of reasons, or maybe it's just because of one reason. So um, yeah, I really wanted to make something that was easier for people to find what they needed while also offering multiple different price points. Because one of my other experiences was that the barrier of entry in terms of the price points was just way too high. I couldn't build a full regiment from you know some of the places that I was going at the time. And that's just not something that I agree with. Um, I want to democratize the space. And I feel like the only way you can do that is by being 
very inclusive across every single um, touch point, including price and the people, the founders behind the brands and, um, you know, offering a different narrative and a point of view that is much more authentic versus it being just a, a capital opportunity. For me, this is something that really speaks to my heritage. Um, you know, being a BIPOC individual, um, people who identify as such most likely have been exposed to natural beauty their entire lives. It was how they were raised. And so this is just like an homage to, to these stories and to present it in a way that's modern and accessible to all people. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so uh, one, one thing I want to highlight there is I want to use some more uh, nerdy or in more industry terms. It's, it's so basically you have a highly curated marketplace full of products that, that you did not manufacture. These are partnerships that you have with these other brands. Um, and I, now I'm starting to remember a lot of the conversation we had last time. So it's I'll have some very, very poignant questions for you. So the first one being, how did you start these relationships with these brands? How did you get them to trust you and this startup to help to start selling their products? That's such a good question. Honestly, all I did was I made a list. I wrote down on a piece of paper all the brands that I had my eye on that I had been spending a lot of time researching. And I just cold emailed them. I just emailed them, introduced myself and what I was building. And they were on board. Like no one said no. Other The ones that didn't come on board were the ones who had certain policies in place that were saying things like, oh, we require you to be in business for at least six months before we will partner with you, which is fair. Um, but everyone else is like, yeah, like, how can we support? Can we send you product? You know, like, tell us more. Um, so, and then some of the brands I'd actually had relationships with through my previous life as a, as a producer, um, they were, they were makeup artists who had created their own, um, line of skincare products, like Moon, for example, and ODL. Um, the founders of those two brands are women that I've had a relationship with for a very long time. And so I, I mean, ODL, I watched that brand's sort of evolution from day one. It had a completely different name in the beginning. She wasn't even planning on making this a product for people to be able to purchase. She really made it for herself to be able to use on models on set. And it just started to get a lot of attention from models wanting it and then asking to purchase it. And that's when she realized, oh, I might have an idea for a business. So yeah, so for her, like that was like one of my first brands because I have that relationship with her. Um, and then other brands that I just, I, I just love, I just literally just emailed them and it was just myself and, um, it worked. <laughs> so I, la- I launched with 12 brands and now there's like 35, I believe, on the website now. Awesome. And so let's, let's kind of pivot over to the launch. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people have, uh, listening to the show even have a cool idea. They probably figured out the products or products that they want to list. Uh, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they just don't know how to launch or they haven't done it yet because of some, some limiting factor. It's more of limiting a belief in my opinion, uh, not to pose a very leading question. Um, but what was, you know, how did you, how did you, how did you press go? What happened? What was, you know, what was the initial traction like? So my initial idea was actually a brick and mortar. Um, but then, of course, crunching through all the numbers, I realized I need a million dollars and I don't have a million dollars. So the second solution was, OK, well, let's do an e-commerce site. So let's, let's build that. I don't have those technical skills or even the design skills or even the industry at the time. I didn't have the industry sort of like best practices. So I knew from the very beginning that that was going to be 
something that I would need to uh, invest in. My first big investment was going to be finding a partner, either an individual or a couple of individuals or an agency um, to to do this. Um, so I, I went to like the places like Fiverr and like Upwork and I posted the project. I got all these people who wrote to me and I spent probably about two or three weeks just really going through everybody's work, having phone calls. I narrowed it down to three different potential um, partners and then narrowed it down ultimately with the, the company that I ended up hiring that are based in Los Angeles. And they did everything. They did my, they designed my logo, which was my idea. I gave them sort of like what I kind of envisioned and then they um, presented me with multiple options. And so we landed on the one that we have now. And it was the same process with the designing of the website. I sent them some examples of other websites that I liked and the different elements that I liked, the elements that I wanted. I think my biggest mistake was really focusing more on the form than the function because I'm a visual person. I come from that space. I'm I'm used to things looking a certain way. And I I wanted a, a website that didn't look and feel like everybody else's. So um, I probably prioritized the, the, the form over the function um, too much, in my opinion, at this point. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's one of the reasons why I'm going through a whole new, um, you know, migration and relaunch, rebrand, relaunch the whole thing because now I've learned a lot more. So, um, yeah, I would say for anybody who doesn't know where to start, they're wanting to, um, they want to launch an e-commerce business. Um, I would look at the brands that are in your vertical that are doing it well. Um, I would go through their entire customer journey and look for maybe some um, areas where maybe you didn't like or the areas that you do like. Um, and then just start picking things that um, make sense for your business. Um, finding a partner is really, really crucial. Um, finding the right partner. Um, there's a lot of questions I didn't even know to ask in the beginning, like, SEO, for example, they didn't do any of it for me. I had to do it all myself. So, and that's very, very crucial, especially when you're a new brand is making sure that that's set up properly, um, or at least you have the tools to be able to do it yourself. Um, and I had, I taught myself. So, um, yeah, and, and don't rush it. You know, I feel like I, I, I had a very specific timeline in mind and, um, I, I had to learn very quickly that I needed to be flexible. And so the time for launch kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed, um, which was fine. Um, it took all in all about three months from start to finish. Um, I started engaging with the agency in October and the website launched in January of the following year. This is in 2019, January that it launched. So, yeah. I, I just want to thank you for kind of sharing that little tidbit there about, you know, you were focused more on what it looked like than what it was going to do for you. And I find that's a, that's something that happens a lot with uh, young entrepreneurs and startups. It's got, it's got to look the best. And I always say, it doesn't matter what it looks like if nobody's looking at it. Like you gotta, I think marketing is superior to the design of your website when you're first getting started. And you and it kind of goes down to just, you can't optimize anything if there's no data behind it. So why uh, you know, invest all that time and energy into what it looks like if no one's going to be looking looking yeah, at it. So I, I, I agree one... with you to an extent. I do still feel like you need to have something that's well thoughtfully designed because the last thing you want to do is spend all this time on 
getting customers to your website to lead them to a place that's not visually appealing that they don't want to be at. Well, yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a give yeah. and take here. Uh, I I guess my my advice is usually like just go find a theme that you're okay with that's already kind of it's a shortcut essentially right. that's why they exist. Use that and and apply your brand and focus on marketing like 100% until you kind of scale up to KPIs where it really starts to matter where optimization is a reality because without a certain amount of data to to look at you can't optimize anything really it's just kind of going with your gut and knowing your customer uh, and until there's a threshold when you can actually read the data and make informed decisions from that um I'm sorry I, I kind of went on a tan- a little a little bit of a tear there uh, any any of that you agree with or not agree with I agree with that definitely yeah sure. I mean you don't want to just stand up something that's that's ugly because no one's going to trust no. it, but there's a, there's to, definitely I mean, a, first impressions are everything, you know, especially when you're in a space that is so visually aesthetically, like when my, in my industry, now, now if you're selling auto mechanic parts, okay, fine, whatever. But when you're, when you are a brand that is selling beauty products, you don't want to go to a website that's not beautiful. Um, so I think it's very industry specific on how much you should focus on the visual. But yeah, like you said, I agree. Like just find yourself a mm-hmm. template that works that you know how to, you know, you can you can work with for now. And then as you start to scale, then you can bring in someone to customize it for you. Exactly. Yeah. And it's that, uh, you know, the, I think people just get caught up on the wrong elements when they're getting started. The hardest thing is to sell mm-hmm. the product. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with Black Friday Cyber Monday planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest e-commerce events of the year. Search Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 80,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, merchants like you can get one month of automated Shopify backups for free by visiting rewind.io slash honest. That's R-E-W-I-N-D dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey everybody, do you want to win back valuable lost time for your support team? Gorgeous has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. 
Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all of your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. They have allowed online merchants to close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Brandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools like Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team here. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Businesses are the most successful when they own their own data, customer relationships, and their growth. That's why more than 50,000 e-commerce brands, big and small, trust Klaviyo to deliver their ideal customer experience. Klaviyo is the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for online brands of all kinds and all sizes. With email automation, SMS marketing, list growth tools, and more, you'll get everything you need to build strong relationships that keep your customers coming back. If you're tired of relying too heavily on paid advertising or third-party marketplaces for your sales success, you're not alone. It's time to take back control of the customer experience. More and more online businesses are moving to Klaviyo to grow higher value customer relationships through personalized email and SMS marketing. And the results are staggering. Ready to drive future sales and higher customer lifetime value with a marketing platform built for your long-term growth? You should get a free trial of Klaviyo over at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So let's kind of let's talk about that. How how was it kind of acquiring those first sales? What did that look like? When did things start to really click? Oh my gosh, I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest. <laughs> so my first year, the majority of my sales actually came from pop-up events because I didn't have money for advertising or marketing or PR and I still don't. So all of my sales are still a hundred percent organic. Um, but you know, once you start to get your name out there from these types of events and people purchase from you and they go to the website because maybe they liked it and they want to get more, they'll tell their friends. Um, you know, a lot of my traffic, my number one source of traffic is organic Google searches because of all the SEO that I've done. Um, and the second is just direct, you know, direct, um, traffic. People just going directly typing in pretty well beauty. So that's like word of mouth right there. Um, I think, um, I've had, I've had some nice press, which has helped too. Um, like I've been featured in Forbes and Who What Where and Yahoo and Beauty Independent and Birdie Beauty and, you know, W Magazine, like a lot of really reputable. And so like that obviously boosts your ranking in Google. It gets more eyes onto your website, um, gets more traffic there. Um, so that helps social media also like engaging with people on social. Um, you know, I actually haven't had a huge amount of, of success with, um, con- getting people to convert from social media. Um, 
you know, that's like, a, that really is a, a very specific skill that I just don't have right now. Um, I hope to be able to get to a point soon where I can hire somebody who can take that over. Um, but it's, it's a slow thing. I'm, I'm starting out with, um, I just started with some affiliate marketing. So I've got probably about 60 or 70 people who've signed up for, for the platform. So now it's just a matter of getting them to actually post. So trying to figure out how to make that as easy for them as possible. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. Um, a lot of the times I'm like, where did like, these people even come from? Like email marketing is also a, a big channel. I'm, I just started doing SMS, um, a few months ago as well. So I'm trying everything at this point. I'm just throwing everything at the wall, I'm just trying to see what sticks. <laughs> Gathering data along the way. Yeah, I mean that's that's the crucial part. There is is getting the data in place and to start to be able to make uh, the decisions from it. So uh, we alluded to it at the beginning of this conversation, which I didn't even know uh, was that you are making the, the the leap over to Shopify. I feel like I might have had a, a piece to do with that from our original conversation. <laughs> Um, but you know, can we explore that a little bit and talk about why? Yeah. So a couple, a few months ago, I started testing some ads on Instagram and Facebook just to gather some data. Not, it drove a lot of traffic to the website, which is great, but I got zero conversion. And so after looking at the customer or the, the customer's journey, we realized that people were just falling off for a couple of reasons. Um, the website just wasn't optimized for, for, um, for, for checkout. People are used to shop pay, you know, one click and you're done. Um, you know, the longer somebody has to spend to type in their information manually is a second for them to change their mind. And so right now, the way, the way that my website is set up, every single time you make a purchase, even if you've been there before, you have to manually type in your information every single time. And that's obnoxious. Nobody wants to do that. And I think it turns people off. But also, I feel like the way that you navigate the website could be um, improved as well. Um, and then also, um, it's very limiting with what I can do. That's another big reason as to why I'm making the change. Um, because my website is completely built custom with code. I can't go in and make certain changes that I need to make. I mean, aside from adding products or changing copy or images, like if I wanted to change the layout or colors or fonts, I can't do any of that stuff on my own. So, um, you know, I, I, Shopify is the number two highest converting platform. We still don't know who number one is. So I know it's not WordPress, <laughs> which is where I'm at right now. WordPress is great for SEO, but not so much for e-commerce, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Shopify claims number two because number one is like custom and a lot of more legacy stuff. And it's all of those, all the analytics can be skewed whatever way that they want to do it. Um, but uh, I think that the Shopify's checkout is one of the most split tested over the history. And then once Shopify Pay kind of got going, and everyone's cards are kind of tokened in the platform and it's cross store. So if I buy something from Pretty Well Beauty and then I go buy something from Only New York, uh, if I had checked out at either of those, 
stores, it's going to know my credit card information and save me from entering that information if, you know, if I want to check out faster, which is a huge advantage to just the entire network that Shopify has created there. And then just going back to what you said about being able to customize the site, you know, there's a lot of unique stuff coming to the platform now. Like they just announced it today. So I don't know how much of this stuff is going to make it out into the wild uh, by the time you guys are making the switch, but you can always add it in down the line to make things a lot more easier, easier for, uh, for, you know, a merchant to, to edit. And that's something that we like always, always want to do. I don't want to change, you know, the headline on your, on your homepage. That's, that's not what we're, (laughs) we want to do as an agency. We want to empower the merchant to, we want hard fun challenges, you know, making it say, uh, you know, go from summer drop to, to, to fall drop is like not what we want to do. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, the people that I, the team that I'm working with to do the design and development, there's going to be some, a lot of cost of customization. Um, it's just going to be much more, um, thought out this time. So I'm like, Oh, I want it to be like this pretty, like, blah, blah, blah. like, no, you know what I mean? It's going to be more strategic. This time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, is there anything I forgot to ask you about today, uh, that you want to bring up before we, we go here? Yeah. No, you tell me. <laughs> well, I don't know. My mind's spinning about Shopify Plus. That's all I can think about. I mean, what about the new right Shopify? Now. I'm gonna have to go investigate some of that now. It's it's really cool. I'll sh- I'll shoot you the link here in a second. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming back on and sharing all this with us. Uh, you know what? Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a mark in my file, and we'll have you back on in a couple months after you make the migration to talk yeah. about what went well, what didn't go well. You know, just the, the anticipation, like the just the from a merchant's perspective, what that looks like. Yeah, I would love to. I'm hoping that the new site will be launching in September, so maybe we can have another follow up in the fall. Sounds great. Everything's different. We're going to get a new logo. It's going to be really cool. Awesome. Yeah. So when, when this comes out, people keep uh, keep checking out Pretty Well Beauty and see if it's made the switch just yet. Jasmine, thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you, Chase. It's a pleasure as always. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.